Welcome, everyone, to the Elevating Your Potential podcast, where we enlighten middle school and high school student-athletes about the realities of college sports. Um, today, we have a very, very special guest. Um, we're going to be going over your college selection process, um, and we have an expert in that area. She's taught me mostly everything I know um, about the college selection and the application process and things like that, so she's going to give you all some wisdom as well. Um, her name is Miss Bridget Miles. How are you doing today? I'm doing well today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for joining us. Um, so starting out, can you just tell the audience a little bit about yourself and what you are currently doing? Okay. Um, like Jeremiah said, I am Bridget Miles. I am currently Senior Program Specialist for a program called Upward Bound. So basically what I do is assist low-income and or first-generation college students in their transition to higher education. Um, just a little bit about myself. Um, I'm from Dallas, Texas. I am also a first generation and low income um, college student, which is why I love what I do, um, because I am able to reflect on my experiences that I had during college and think of ways that I could have been improved. Um, and also to make sure that my students um, avoid some of the roadblocks that I ran into. For sure. So you just enlightened me. I forgot you were a first-generation student. Yeah. We're going to have to talk about that a little bit later yeah. in the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Completely forgot about that. So with you being um, a program specialist and mm -hmm. helping students get to higher education, when you hear higher education or college, mm -hmm. like what, what is considered college to you and how do you kind of define that? Yeah, so I think college overall, when I think of it, I think of advancement, and I also think of an opportunity for growth. Mm -hmm. And those are the two biggest things as to why when anybody be like, come to me and say, well, you know, you don't have to go to college for, you know, this career, or you don't have to go to college to be successful. No, you don't. But there are several things that you learn throughout the collegiate experience, whether it's independency, whether it's just um, enlightenment about yourself, um, the experience you have with people of different cultures, um, the diverse populations. There's so much more than the actual degree that you get. And I feel like that um, the collegiate experience is so much more than what actually happens in the classroom. Yeah, that's so big, that's big. And so when we talk about the classroom, like when college, is that just for like four years, that two year, like what, how broad is college in terms of where students can actually go? Yeah, so when a student first graduates from high school, they have the opportunity to go to a technical school um, and that'll depend on the program or they will go to a two year or four year institution. And so at that two year institution, that could be a community college or a junior college. The difference between the two is how they're funded and also junior college, tip, junior colleges typically have on campus living. Um, and they have different types of programs at each one of them. Community college is usually within um, a community is locally funded um, and you can finish associate degrees at both situations they usually have partnerships with four-year institutions mm -hmm. now a four-year institution is going to be a place where you can actually graduate with a bachelor's degree um, you can also um, at most universities get your master's and and so on after that um, so to answer your question depending on what the student is interested in will be the pathway of which institution they need to pursue. 
Perfect. And so how would you, as a program specialist, kind of walk through the student to see like which area will best fit them? Mm -hmm. So it's a big thing. <laughs> it's, a, right. it's a deep, deep, deep conversation, right? So first I'll start off with general things because there's so many things that students, especially um, students who are so headstrong about a specific career, you know, mm -hmm. um, they don't understand the pathway to get there. Um, educationally um, and unfortunately because of the microwave world we live in they think that I'm gonna be in school for a year or two and then I'm done and maybe right. no, 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 that, <laughs> that works and so um, so it depends on what the students tell me that they're interested in right and so once they tell me for example that they're interested in being a teacher I think if they're in between being a teacher and a RN okay and that's just an example of one of my students right now um, in between being a teacher and RN, and I'm like, okay, well, let's go into a little deeper. Beyond that, what do you love about it? Okay, and if a student tell me, oh, because my honor uncle is that, um, then I'd be like, what's a little deeper? So is that something you see yourself waking up to do every day? Um, and then I, I have those soft um, clouded questions so that the harder questions can not feel as hard when they come through. So you tell me you want to be an RN. Okay, well, what kind of math and science grades do you make right now? Mm -hmm. You know, because if you are not great at math and science, that's what your whole degree is going to be full of, right? And so I'm never, I never want to put a student, um, I never want to set them up for failure, basically, right? So we have those tough conversations. All right, well, let's look at, you know, a degree plan for nursing, you know. Um, let's look up a degree plan for an educator, and let's look at the both, look at both of them, right? So then that kind of get their wheels turning, like, okay, yes, I can do this, or no, I can't, right? So then from there, I ask them, what kind of lifestyle do you want to have? right? Because if you want to be a teacher, educator, you know, <laughs> unfortunately, you know, coming out the gate, you're, you may not be able to drive out the lot with the brand new Range Rover, you know, starting out. It's going to take a little work, you know, unless you come from a family who's able to help support you to put you on the pathway, right? So that's another conversation for another day of us who have to kind of work and build, you know, for the things that we want versus those who don't have to do that. So we have those conversations. And so um, we go from there. And then um, I have an assistant who helped me with um, with my student meetings. So after that, I would um, provide the students with the top schools for education, top schools for nursing. If they want to stay in and out of state, we'll give them schools based off that. So now they know whether or not this career matches the lifestyle they want. Mm -hmm. Then we know do I make good enough grades to try to pursue this career? And then after that, the student is looking at the different institutions to see which one would possibly possibly be a good fit for them based off of those big, those preview, preview questions. Yeah. Perfect. I like the way that you have the educational over here. You also have like the personal to kind of mess yes. with the goals. Yes. I think that's so important that we kind of neglect sometimes exactly. as we're helping our students. Yeah. So let's talk to a student 
um, because I think right now, most primarily who we're talking to are like student athletes. So let's say we have a student slash student athlete who doesn't have the best grades. So how, how, how would you help them through their journey of, of getting their grades up, number one, right. and like saying how that will affect their um, journey moving forward? Yeah, so um, I've worked with several um, student athletes, and unfortunately, the misperception, they think just because the school is scouting me, that's where I'm going to go. Mm. So, um, sweetie, you still have to get accepted into that institution. <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that is the biggest misperception that most student athletes have. So, yes, even though you have your long commitment to um, a commitment of hours to practice and all those other things, you also need to focus in on your grades, right? So I try to break that um, unrealistic thought process of, oh, it's, I'm just because I'm an athlete, like I got it made in a shade for me. Mm -hmm. um, I try to reiterate, you still have to get um, accepted into the institution and this is how you do it right so um, I always tell students beyond being an athlete you are a student first whether you're in high school whether you're in college the goal is to get your diploma and so um, if you um, are not passing you're not going to be playing anyway mm -hmm. if you're on academic suspension you won't be playing anyway. So let's focus on being a student first, right? And so if there's a student who is really great at football but or whatever sport they play and they're academically challenged, I always suggest, are we using all the resources that are available? So through our program, of course, um, every student may not have access to um, Upper Bound or any other um, programs. You want to try to make sure you use utilizing all the resources that are available at your specific high school. So if they have tutoring, be at tutoring. If you have teachers who provide extra credit, you do it. And then if they don't provide it, I try to empower my students to ask the question. I'm not doing great in this class, Mr. or Miss Williams. I was wondering if there's anything that I can do to improve my grade. Because at the end of the day, um the worst thing they could say is no and we have heard no before and so <laughs> <laughs> we could get through it we could get through a no but also usually when that happens a teacher is like huh this student actually care about their grade you know and you might allow yourself to get a little favor just for being responsible and being your own advocate you have to at all times be your own advocate and so um and just going to just to get through the process so after we get our grades on track then we start thinking about the colleges right and and SAT and ACT prep mm -hmm. so if you know that you know I try to tell them the balance so with SAT and ACT um, most of my students don't test great some a few of them do amazing but majority of them are not great test takers okay. and if you're not a great test taker then you need your ranking gpa on your side mm -hmm. and vice versa you know so you need one of them to outweigh the other one to give yourself a little cushion basically right, right? right. and so 
Um, I, and I explain that to all my students. And so if you have a list of schools that are scouting you, okay, let's go and look at those admission processes. Is it holistic approach or do they have standard uniform um, admission process? Well, oh, can you, oh, can you stop? Oh, I need an explanation of those two, please. Okay, so holistic approach. I, and I try to <laughs> make it not sound so um, out there, but basically, they don't, uh, and it's usually private schools. Private schools do not have a uniform, um, this is the type of SAT and ACT score you need or, this, or a GPA. It's out there in euphoria in, somewhere and we'll tell you, if you do, do a little digging on our research, we'll tell you around about where the students who were admitted last year were, right? So I have my students to take that extra step to find that information on the website. It's not put out there for you in most cases. Some schools do, but others don't. Um, you have to do a little digging to see where were the students from last year who, who were admitted because that'll help you know like, so you won't be flying aimlessly, right? So if I know that majority of the students who got admitted last year had a 25 on the SAT, um, and I'm sorry, the 25 on the ACT, and then they had about a 1300 on the SAT. So if I know that, I know that as I'm taking my test, what I need to aim for, right? And so, um, and then you also, every with holistic approach, and they have an ideal, an ideal student that they're looking for. So either you fit it, the, the, you fit it or you don't, one or the other, right? Mm -hmm. And so I tell my students, if you, because there has been students who were in the ballpark, you know, of those SAT and ACT, ACT scores of some schools and still didn't get admitted. And so I tell my students, don't take it to heart because you were just not that prototype student that they were looking for for that year, if that makes sense. It does. Now, on the public side of things, they have to put out exactly how do you get, they have standard uniform admissions. This is the GPA you need, this is the SAT score you need, and this is the ACT score you need. And so you can look on their website, it's direct, and you will know <laughs> whether you are more than likely to get accepted or denied from those institutions. Right. Holistic approach schools, you have to kind of just wait it out and see. You okay. want to make yourself look like the best candidate as possible in most cases. I tell my students, you want to make sure that they have the hardest time telling you no. Mm. The hardest. I want for them to be awake at night thinking about your name. You know? <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. So, I mean, so yeah, we're doing, we're practicing the SAT and ACT, taking it. We're going to tutor and we're increasing our grades. We're doing community service, which I want for student athletes to also take the time to do. Do the community service. Um, join another organization outside of football if you have the time to do so. And if not, just focus in on making sure your grades are good and doing community service periodically. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to fill a page about yourself. Um, and then if you're not working or doing community service, then are you challenging yourself um, with your curriculum? Are you trying the AP classes or the pre-AP classes? You basically need to make, make yourself look so marketable that they have the hardest time telling you no. Wow. So essentially the same thing that we're trying to do on the field. We need to exactly. be off the field 
to yes. make sure that the school wants us as much as those recruiters want us as well. Exactly. Perfect. That's, that was a great breakdown, Mrs. Ma. Thank you so much for that. You're welcome. Um, so I kind of want to take a step back for this next question. Okay. So when should someone start thinking about college and what should they be considering? Like, let's say you say eighth grade, what's something they can start thinking about early for my younger student uh, athletes that are listening? Okay, so my honest truth answer, mm -hmm. I feel like parents should start t talking about college in elementary school. Oh. Like, um, because you have to, because it's such a, a big thing, you kind of have to give um, like pieces of it, right? Now I'll give an example of my nieces. Um, I have ne twin nieces in seventh grade and I have an eighth grader. We have been talking about college since uh, like maybe third grade, wow. right? So um, because they understand that auntie works at a college, college is after high school, right? So you start off with something simple like that. And then there's also scholarships that you can find for kindergartners, right? Mm -hmm. So if there are scholarships available for children that young, you need to wow. be teaching them about college that young, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and I feel like the younger that they understand the concept of college, then the easier it is to get them in the mode of I'm working towards higher education. I'm working towards one day taking my SAT. I'm working towards one day doing ACT, right? Mm -hmm. But in a perfect world, that I mean, that would be great if all, and I, I just really, that would be like a dream job one day <laughs> <laughs> to be able to do a college access program for the whole feeder pattern of a school mm -hmm. from elementary all the way through high school, right? Because you're, I don't want to say the term brainwashing them, but you're informing them about college and the importance of it um, and the opportunity of it, right? Because right. we know that everybody's not going to go to college and everyone is not going to be interested in going to college, right? But I never want a student to feel like they don't have the opportunity to go, right? Right. All right. So in most cases, people start thinking about college come middle school, right? So whenever you get there, there's the PSAT 8 and the PSAT um, that students can take. So they can already be practicing for that SAT, right? right. And so um, I would start off first with taking a kid to a college campus because you the only way for them to connect it in most cases is for them to see a college campus so last year that's what i did with my nieces i drove them around smu they know i worked at a college but and i work with students but it wasn't until i drove them around smu that they got like oh it's like big mm -hmm. and it's like grown-ups but they're kids mm -hmm you know and <laughs> I like that. so I like that. it's like grown-ups with their kids and they can wear what they want to wear to class you know like connecting the dots you know and so i feel like those college tours early helps them warm up the idea you know i had a student who wrote about how um she went on a college tour in middle school to a m and that's all she wanted to do is go to a m still just applied to A&M is wow. planting those seeds, you know, plant the seeds as early as you can. 
um, when it comes to college. And then because you have planted the seed, they understand that it's more work than just my actual schoolwork that I have to do in order to get there. And so the earlier you plant the seed, the I feel like the easier it is to get them to prepare for it, if that mm -hmm. makes sense. Did well, I answer the question? You did answer the question very well. Thank you. Yes. Okay. Um, I, I know you deal with this a lot with, not, I don't want to say deal with it, but you have, you experience this a lot in your job. So can you talk to that student or student athlete who doesn't, who might not have the support at home just because mm -hmm. of circumstance and different things like that? So how can we help that student who's, let's say, a freshman, sophomore in high school um, with the transition? What can they be doing for themselves? Yeah. First thing, look at me. I want you to know that you can do whatever it is that you want to do, whatever it is that you want to do. There are so many resources that are available. You literally can Google most information now. Mm -hmm. Find the people who are for you. So maybe it may not be your parents, but there may be a teacher. It may be a counselor at your high school. It may be your group of friends who can help motivate you through that process. But at the end of the day, it's about you and your goals. So you can't depend on someone rooting for you in order for you to operate. You have to root for yourself, you know. Um, set realistic goals for yourself and, and move forward through the plan. And so if you need assistance with that, like I said, there's free online tools. And then you also have resources at your high school um, in order to to get where you need right and so and if you're at a school that don't have those resources use online reach out to the institutions that you're interested in and introduce yourself and be like hi my name is jane doe and i am interested in the school i'm a sophomore at whatever high school and i would like to have a conversation with you Talk about college, talk about how can I get into your school, right? So once they tell you the tools of how you get into our schools, then you work backwards, mm -hmm. basically. Yeah. Um, but I want for every student to know that you're not alone if you don't have support. Um, I, like I said, I'm a first generation and low income college student and all my mama could, and dad could do for me was pray for me. <laughs> literally. They, they couldn't do nothing else. And they literally used to say, well, we're praying for you, you know, and that was it because they don't know. They really don't know. And so that's why I love what I do because I'm able to make sure another student don't go out there blind like I did. Um, and then also, we have the opportunity to empower those parents as well mm -hmm. so that they can help in the process. Um, I just want for um, students to know that college is realistic. You do um, have to have a plan for it. And then even if you don't have academically the grades to get into your school, it's not about where you start, it's about where you finish. So if you have to start out at a community college or a junior college because that's where you got accepted or that's where you got the best scholarship, go there, finish, then go to the institution of your dreams. Make sure you, of course, at that junior college or community college that you do your best to have the highest grades so you can get admitted right. into that dream institution. Um, but know that it's not about where you start. 
It's about where you finish. When you're applying to jobs and, and whenever you're walking across this stage and when people ask you about where you graduate from, they're just wanting to know that institution. You don't have to tell them the story about junior college if you don't want to, mm -hmm. because what matters is where you finished. That's great. I'm so glad you went there with community college because I was actually going there next. So a lot of people, a lot of students don't want to go to community college. They think maybe that it's not, it's below them or they just don't want to go. Like, what are some common like misconceptions about community college? Um, and after you answer that question, what are some advantages, advantages and what should someone go to community college outside of what you've already shared with us? Yeah. So, oh my gosh, I deal with this with the students all the time. So some of the misperceptions that they have is that you must not be smart or is not the better choice, you know, um, to go to community college. Only the less than smart students um, go to community college, and that's not true. Another thing is that they think it's just completely easier, mm -hmm. and that's not, that's not always true, um, because it may be a smaller community for you to have better access, and your teachers are a little, you know, um, more connected than they would at a large institution. So um, I just feel like students, the overall thing is that they think that is less than. There are so many advantages to going to community college. Um, if you're academically challenged, it can help you with a smoother transition. If you're a student who has disabilities, they're more than likely to have the resources that you need in order to be successful. Um, if you're a student who um, don't um, thrive in large places, um, the classes are smaller. If you are someone who needs that one-on-one, um, you're more than likely to get it at a community college. Um, let's talk about the financial part. It's yeah. so much cheaper <laughs> to go to um, community college. And I want for students to understand that, you know, some people will be like, oh, I'm just going to community college to take my basics. And that's fine because you're going to have basics whether you're at a community college or at a four-year institution. So those same English 1301, 1302, you're going to take those whether you're at Dallas College or at A&M, mm -hmm. period. So it just depends on, I feel like at the end of the day, which route you go, I feel like there are several factors, right? Are you academically prepared to go to a, a four-year institution? Are you responsible enough to go to a four-year institution away from home? Because some students are academically prepared, but they're not responsible, so they get there and they flake and they don't take care of business and end up back home anyway, right? right. Um, another thing that students have to consider is financial considerations. So if you're, if you're not low income um, and your family is having to support you um, through your education, if they ball in, then great, go where you wanna go. But if okay. not, junior college and community colleges are always a great fit to get you started. And you save a lot of money. Honestly, if I could go back, if I could go back, I would have went to community college mm -hmm. first um, to save money because I wasn't knowledgeable about the financial part of it all. I just knew that I got financial aid and um, they were gonna give me this loan money to pay for it, but I wish I had more education about the financial piece. Um, 
because I would have went to community college, saved money. Um, I have a house worth of loans. I have three degrees, but I have a house worth of loans and it could have been easily fixed. Oh my gosh, easily fixed. Had I knew then what I know now. I want to ask you, what do you know now? <laughs> um, that's the next question. I have a saying with my students. We're going to write scholarships until our fingers fall off. And they're not going to fall off. They physically just are not going to fall off. So we're going to keep writing. There's so many scholarships available, right? And then also, I was in the top 10% of my class. And... I didn't pursue any of the scholarship programs. I didn't, I just wish I knew. No one said anything, okay? It could be because I went to school in the hood and we didn't have some resources, right? And I just feel like, had I knew about how scholarships, how many were available to me, I wish I would have knew to apply for institutional ones. like. I wish I would have knew how um, um, the interest on loans work, um, the difference between the subsidized and the interest that start day one and the interest that start once I graduate right. from college. There's a big difference. Like I wish I would have known that because I would have only taken the loans that would have started interest after I graduate from college because actually, I have more interest than I have um, what I actually borrowed. Wow. The majority of it is all interest. Mm -hmm. um, I wish I would have known that there, that I was a high commodity student. I'm African-American female student. And I feel like many students don't understand that they're a high commodity student. Wow. And so right now there's so many initiatives, national initiatives that students can take advantage of. There are plenty of schools who are trying to become Hispanic servant institutions. Um, and so they have Hispanic outreach programs where they're strategically recruiting students of Hispanic origin to come to their school. Mm -hmm. Same with the African-American male initiative. There are schools who have additional funding for um, African-American students, males, to come to their campus. So I feel like now students have the opportunity and access to ask those questions to work in their favor. So you, it's okay for you to go up to admissions rep and ask what resources and scholarships do you have for low income students? What resources and scholarships do you have for first generation students? Do you have any targeted scholarships for students who are minority? Do you have any targeted scholarships for whatever the case may be? You can ask now, I, you can ask. I don't even know back when I graduated from high school if that was a thing, mm. but I knew, I know for sure I was extremely quiet in high school and I did not advocate for myself. And I feel like now we're in a space where it's just normalized for you to advocate for yourself and ask the questions. That's so, that, that is so good. People are going to get a lot from just that. You said a lot the whole time, but those last three minutes are huge. Um, are there any like resources or websites that you can give to students right now to help so, out? So 
Yeah, so for right now, I would suggest every student to go to the financial aid or if it's on scholarships, depending on the institution page um, of every institution that they're interested in. I will also um, highly um, suggest for students to use College Greenlight if they are a minority, low income, or first generation. Um, College Greenlight is a website that is connected and they are strategically looking, um, they have partnerships with institutions who are strategically looking for students of those groups. Mm -hmm. And so you'll put, be able to put in, you'll create a profile and you'll be able to put in um, the schools you're interested in, what your current GPA and rank is, the type of career that you're interested in, and you'll just start getting an influx of emails. And College Greenlight um, provides scholarships for students as well. Literally, you can be put in for a drawing just for applying for scholarships. Mm -hmm. um, another scholarship um, resource that I will share um, is raise.me. So raise.me is for micro scholarships. So, but your school has to be a partner. Um, so that's the catch with that one. If your school is a partner, you literally get money for being, um, for submitting small stuff, like um, submitting your report card or doing community service, they'll give you a micro scholarship for it. And that money will be allocated to um, to you once you are admitted into And the high school has to be connected with raise No, 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 the, the colleges that they're okay. interested in. Mm -hmm. okay. So they literally will create a profile on raise.me um, and then they'll look and see if any of their schools are on there. Um, if their schools are on there, then they will be able to um, add it to their profile and then they'll be like hey you should have received a report card by now upload your report card if you do community service um you'll get um you'll get funds for that as well so they're called micro scholarships okay. um and then you also have your basic scholarships.com and fastweb those type of places but i um oh you also have go and mary go and mary is a scholarship platform as well but you're able to do one essay, perfect that essay, and apply to several scholarships at one time. Mm -hmm. That's really good. Um, so, okay, two more quick questions for you. The first one, I said I was going to come back to first generation. So <laughs> yes. what was your experience like um, during the application? You talked a little bit about financial aid, but was there anything else that you found? And when you first got on campus, what kind of, um, what's what I'm looking for? opens your eyes like you were in a different world and how did you adjust? Yeah, so um, I feel like the issues with being first generation um, and even being low income started long before I actually hit the college campus because I don't feel like I was prepared for college. I feel like <laughs> growing up where I grew up, um, it taught me survival. And so I feel like whenever I actually got on my college campus, it was my survival skills that allowed me to be successful. Mm -hmm. And so my challenges that I had in the process was I didn't test well. I was highly ranked, high GPA, but my test scores were trash, completely trash. <laughs> completely trash, right? But I don't feel like I was provided with the um, support 
And because I was first generation, my parents didn't know that, oh, well, maybe I we should get her some support for SAT and ACT because she's going to college, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then also with being first generation, um, college was an option. It wasn't like you have to go to college. It's like you go to college or you get a job. One or the other is your option. So pick one, right? And for me, college was going to be it because my oldest sister went to college. Mm. My oldest sister, very independent. So I don't remember like her process or my parents having a hand in the process. Um, I just don't remember that part. Mm. But I remember um, going into a room senior year with all the other students who were in the top 25% of our class. And they basically told us we were college bound and y'all need to apply for school. <laughs> and we were told, maybe, like we weren't told ahead of time that we even have the SAT coming up. I just realized in the application process that they were asking for a score and they were like, oh yeah, you need to take this test. You know, um, even with paying for like my application waivers and stuff like that, I just was not knowledgeable of what to do in the process like at all once i got to the college campus so i survived the application process Mm -hmm. right um i remember um back then they were still um doing um bills by mail and i remember it was the day before i was getting dropped off at school and i got this huge bill in the mail for the semester Mm -hmm. and i looked at it and i was like like I owe this money you know and I showed my mom she was like well it don't look like you going tomorrow wow (laughs) because it was it was the bill for the semester Mm -hmm. but then because I didn't know I called financial aid and they was like oh it's just the bill your financial aid hasn't came in yet Mm -hmm. so whenever your financial aid come in it's gonna pay that bill for you and I was like oh so I am going it's just those type of (laughs) It was just those type of things that just was so, like, now that I look back on it, I was, I just think back and, girl, you just did not know. You just did not know. And it's okay that you didn't know. You know now and you helping other students know, right? Exactly. And so once I got into the college campus, because of my survival skills, I knew, okay, I'm, I'm going to need money. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need um, a way to, because where I went to school, I went to NM Commerce. And so we had my dormitory at that time was across the highway. And I was like, okay, so you need to make a friend who got a car because mm-hmm. we can't keep walking across the highway. You right. know, I will if I got to, if I have to, but you know, I just started using the skill set from survival skills to to get the things that I needed. Mm -hmm. And whenever I started slipping in my grade, survival skills, let me find somebody who makes straight A's in here because they need to be my tutor, you know? And then outside of that, like math on no day is my subject. Mm -hmm. Like no day, no grade level. In this this lifetime, math is just not it for me, right? Mm -hmm. And so... um, I learned that I needed a special tutor that was one-on-one. And then I also went to the math lab on campus. So it, it was just those skills that I realized that I had made me better for it, if that makes sense. 
So right. So because everything wasn't handed to me or process wasn't given to me, I I took that grit and tenacity because I knew at the end of the day, I'm leaving this campus with a diploma. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm leaving it. Oh, I'm leaving here with a diploma. So I'm gonna do whatever is necessary to to get that. And so that is one thing I feel like some students lack today is that they're so used to people doing it for them, answering the question for them, finding the answer. Like, no, 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 no. When it comes to you and your goal, you, like I said earlier, you root for yourself and you can go find answers for yourself as well. You know, you can't depend on someone to lay it all out for you. You know, you have to have some grit on your own because times are going to get tough you know classes are going to get hard bank account is going to get low but in that time is i feel like that's the pruning of your character it's the pruning pruning of you becoming an adult and being able to um make good decisions for yourself and and your goals and things like that so i feel like that transition as a first gen student um it was so tough but I'm grateful for it because I feel like that experience has made me a more productive adult. Oh, you know what? <laughs> that, we, we're stopping it right there. That, <laughs> that is a mic drop moment that I think applies for first-gen students, for minority for every student, student athlete that's listening to this. You're gonna need all those things to make it through. So Ms. Mom, thank you so much uh, for coming on today. Um, it was great. I know so many people are gonna um, definitely benefit from the wisdom that you gave. So I thank you so much. Um, and for everyone else listening, I hope you got what I, I was fed um, as she was, uh, she was talking. So thank you all so much. And we'll see you next week.